Good evening, this is Julie, Julie and the Red Jeep Girl, and I messed up my audio interface a little bit, so I apologize if I am suddenly too loud or suddenly too quiet. I don't know what I did. Anyway, uh, hi, I've missed you guys. Um, yeah, where did I disappear to now? The hospital. Um, and then getting better. Uh, so, before I go into detail on that, thank you for listening to me as always. Thank you for following along this journey with my lovely car. I love her so much. And I say that with some sarcasm. Yet, some very, um, mixed emotion involving the optimism that I possess for this vehicle. <laughs> okay, so where did where did I wander off to? No. Um all right, so I did the podcast in July and I had a magnetic resonance venography at the beginning of August. And I went to the venography <laughs> And I, we had a storm that night when I was driving home and it messed up our cellular towers a little bit. And I was like, I haven't heard from my neurologist, but I got a notification uh, about the results and it wasn't the final result. I never freak out on the initial report uh, when I get an update because I'm like, my neurologist hasn't signed off on this. Not all my doctors have seen it, so don't panic, essentially. Like, just don't freak out until there's something to freak out about. So, a couple of days go by, and um, it had said something about a non-occlusive thrombus on my transverse sinus vein, and that's a lot of science words. So, um, below your brain, there's these two veins at the back of your noggin that drain blood out of your skull. Uh, or your head, whatever. And um, they found a clot on the left side, or what they thought was a clot, or possible stenosis. And I didn't hear from her, so that was on Monday. And Thursday, I gave them a call, because I kept forgetting to call. Uh, because I restarted my phone, and I had voicemails and missed calls from them. And I was like, oh, that's not good. So I call her, and or I call her office, and... Their assistant was like, you need to go to the emergency room immediately because this could be a potentially dangerous situation. I was just like, oh, do I have to go right now? Because I'm kind of busy because <laughs> school had just start started. Um, and they're like, ma'am, we're serious. You need to go to the hospital. And I was just like, OK, so I called with my doctor here in town. Because the doc my neurologist is out of town. And so I called my doctor here and I said, hey, is our hospital equipped to deal with this? Or are they going to transfer me uh, up closer to where my neurologist is? And she was just like, go to their ER, print off the results and go to their ER. And I was like, okay. Glad I called to double check on that because that just saved me about probably a half day's worth of stress. 
So I got some sleep and then my mom and I went up the next morning and I went to the ER and I said, hey, uh, my primary and my neurologist said to come to the ER and get checked out. And um, the I guess the the nurse that was checking me in was just like, um, hang on, let me grab someone. I don't know how serious this is. And so she grabs a PA and the PA reads it. And they were like, get her to a back room immediately, like immediately. And so they signed me in and they got me back and they were like, I guess they ordered um, the results from my neurologist to be sent over to the hospital. And after a two radiologists, a neurosurgeon slash radiologist, <laughs> three PAs <laughs> and two doctors, <laughs> kept coming in my room and telling us it's just gonna be a little bit longer till we figure out what to do um they were all giving us their opinion because and they were all kind of arguing over what to do with me we decided to go with what the neurosurgeon slash radiologist said because he was just like I really don't think this is an actual clot it could be one forming but we need to get in there and see if there's stenosis happening because if there's stenosis happening that means the vein could collapse because of uh increase in intracranial pressure from spinal fluid building back up since my previous spinal tap and i was just like i just got that last month like what the heck or i got it in june and beginning of august i was just like i'm not even like i'm just barely a month over that and um, the recovery of, from that was pretty crummy. And so they wanted to do a spinal tap in the ER immediately to relieve pressure. They tried without fluoroscope and they failed. And um, the neuro dude was like, hey, let's get you admitted and see what all needs to be done. So they got me admitted. I'm exhausted. I haven't been allowed to eat. It's been stressful. And they put me on some type of specific diet and they give me some pain medication because that spinal tap that failed really, really hurt. Like, oh my God, like down into my tailbone hurt. And so I get checked in and this doctor comes and sits with my mom and I in my hospital room and explains everything that he's going to do the next day and everything that I need to face the idea of possibly happening afterwards and because he didn't want me to be alarmed he wanted me to be prepared and if I had any questions to ask him and I'm just like I finally have a doctor that's sitting down with me and doing this um, besides my neuro and my primary and you guys have me so medicated I can't think of any questions um, so yeah so what they ended up doing was a cerebral angiogram and something else and so uh, they did that the next day and they measured the pressure in my vein and my artery going into my skull. They cleared anything that could be potentially uh, building into a clot. It wasn't much. Um, and, um, and then they had me stay that night and the next night for observation. And then they did a spinal tap um, Monday and they let me go home on Tuesday. So <laughs> I was, um, it was all very sudden, very quick 
kind of slightly alarming. But one of the medications they gave me, um, uh, I told them, hey, I know I'm a heavier set person, but I'm really sensitive to pain medication. And <laughs> they, they like just kind of took me serious, but also didn't because they gave me a full dose the first time. And at like four that morning, they're shaking me and having me sit up in bed and trying to get me to, I guess, be alert. And I'm just like, I'm sleeping so good. And they're like, your heart rate is 35 beats per minute. We need you to wake up. And I was just like, I'm awake. I'm awake. I promise I'm awake. <laughs> so, um, yeah. After that, I went home and they had me rest in what's called Trendelenburg for about a week or so, which means you're tilted with your head below your feet. And then um, the next two weeks was just um, doing what I normally do, just super, super at a turtle speed, slow. So I did all that and I... By the end of September, I was finally starting to feel well enough to do other things beyond lie down, laundry, like very basic things. Um, I was just so tired again. I was so fatigued again and I was so frustrated again because I was like, I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to be doing this. And I was just like, oh, angry. I was angry. I was frustrated. But things happen and I'm slowly getting back to it and I'm back on here to talk to you guys. And now that you're caught up with my life that I'm sure you wanted to hear absolutely nothing about. <laughs> um, I'm just very grateful. Okay, I'm grateful. Uh, so, yeah. Tonight's discussion is going to be over your headlights. And we're going to talk a little bit about the history of headlights, the current situation with headlights, and what the future may be looking like for headlights here in the U.S. Because this is some pretty important information. Now, before I get into that, I want to touch on the episode I did about road rage, which was the last episode. Um... Early in the morning, a couple of weeks ago, um, I drop my son off at school and I get in line at McDonald's and my window is decided to not roll down again. And so I, you know, I have to open my door to place the order. I have to open my door to hand the person the money. And there is a lot of people in front of me, but and, um, like, my app wasn't working or else I would have just parked and had them, you know, do the curbside thing and, and not bother to be in line. Um, because I feel really bad. I feel like I hold up the line when I do those things. And so, um, I'm doing that and there's cars in front of me and I get my order through and they were like, well, let's try and restart your app. We want you to get it. And I was like, no, it's fine. I know, you know, it's it's building up out here. I was just like, let's let's not worry about it. But there's this guy on a motorcycle behind me revving his motorcycle, flashing his lights as I'm trying to order, which means 
my order's not getting put through because they can't hear because he's throwing a fit that I'm taking too long. So, you know, I tell them not to worry about the app. I just order my breakfast. I pull through to the, um, I pull through to the money window. I hand them my money and there's cars in front of me. I can't do anything about it. And I get my money back and I feel something. I feel a thud on my trunk and it's the motorcycle guy. And he is slapping the trunk of my car and revving his engine. And my door is open and he is screaming about how much time I'm wasting, how I'm holding up the line and how I'm doing all of these things. When there are cars in front of me, I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything about this. The app was down. Like, otherwise, I would have pulled off to the side happily. Um, so I was just like, wow. And the guy in the drive through that was taking money was just like, you can park your car here. Just park your car here. It's fine. <laughs> and I was like, no, no. I was just like, I'm just trying to be on my way. So I get on my way. I get like by the time I get through the drive through through the food pickup window they have my food they're holding my food out the window and you know I open my door again I grab my food and I drive off and he is still screaming at me and he's the one not pulling up to get his food he is now the one holding up the line and not getting his food he is still throwing a fit over something that I had no control over and I'm like I just talked about this. Now, petty me, petty me really did want to park my car when I got to the food window and just like kind of see if he ran into the back of me because I was just like, oh, I want to throw hands. But I didn't. I got my food and I drove away. I got away from the situation because I was like, I'm about to have an attitude. Oh, my gosh. He touched my car. He hit my car repeatedly and I was just like this guy oh my gosh so yeah that was a different encounter of road rage I'd never had before or I hadn't had since college to be honest so I was just like okay I'm out of here I'm gonna go home I'm gonna eat my free breakfast because they did give me a free hash brown since the app wasn't working and all I wanted was my free hash brown <laughs> And I wanted to get it curbside, but the app was offline. So anyway, that's that's a road rage story right there. Wasn't on the wasn't on the highway or anything, but people being cruel in drive-throughs is something that just confuses the heck out of me sometimes. Anyway, be kind to your fellow drivers. Look out for each other. Please, please look out for each other. And that's the reason why I'm going to be talking about headlights tonight is because they are getting more and more aggressively brighter. Now on some vehicles where you can control to have them at different brightnesses and you have control over turning certain ones off when it's not necessary, um, all of those additional lights that you put on trucks say, you know, you are a hotshot driver or you have those lights to notify people to slow down if you're pulled off on the side of the road, but you have a control switch for them so they are not constantly running. Um, that's, that's not my complaint here. 
And that's not the safety concern that is becoming more and more prevalent across the U.S. right now. The, the issue here is that headlights are becoming increasingly brighter. Well over 7,500 lumens brighter than your average 1,300 lumen headlight, which was the standard for quite a while. And those are, those are still in the realm of halogen. And then you have your LEDs. Uh, and then your, um, I think those are called xenons. And then your HIDs. And now your laser headlights. Um, and I'm going to link a video that does a much better explanation of everything that I want to say because I am still getting fatigued very, very easily. And my voice is still shaking and I'm having some issues with it. I'm speech issues. So I will link a video below along with a link to the history of headlights in the United States because I really wanted to talk about that tonight. But I might do a part two on a different night when I am feeling a little bit more energetic. Um, and I just, um, I think it's really important. Uh, one thing I had talked about, um, that I've always noticed, to be honest, is before I've had these current issues that started developing over the last couple of years, is I have hated bright headlights at night, like the obnoxiously bright headlights at night. Um, like, if you have a way to control them to, like, a brighter, you know, obviously you have your bright setting on, on your steering wheel. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about ordering bulbs that are unnecessarily brighter. Those are starting to cause accidents. Those are starting to cause people to not be able to see danger that is in front of them because of oncoming traffic on the opposite side of the highway. Um, those lights are causing accidents to now happen. But a big part of that, part of that reason is not just because of the brightness of the headlights, but also the adjustment of the headlights. And the video that I'm going to post uh, with this podcast is from Donut Media. I really enjoy watching their content. It's always fun to watch. Um, they, have, they have an instructional on how to adjust your headlights and um, and that should help y'all. And I've spoken a few times about having to readjust my headlights because for some reason my uh, aftermarket headlights, they bounce even though I have my headlight locks in. Uh, there's another name for them, but I forgot. Um, and my headlights are, you know, properly secured as they're supposed to be by vehicular standard they still bounce and have enough vibration to knock them off of being properly adjusted to the highway and to the street. So in that video, you'll learn a little bit more history about what type of bulbs are becoming more and more popular, what we started out with from the 1800s going forward, because way, way back in the day, you had, um, it, this was like, an accessory that you had to have added to your car was an acetylene gas headlamp attached to the front of your car. And that was your headlight. And that used mirrors and concave glass to provide you your vision for night. So we have come a long way in a short amount of time, a stunningly short amount of time when you think about it. And um, 
now headlights have become so bright, they're causing accidents. So if you get the additional bright lights and the flashing lights and all of those things, just be mindful to use them safely and try not to impair other drivers on the road um, unless they're being absolutely rude and you don't have much of another choice. <laughs> Part of me, petty me, is like, choose violence. Don't. Don't choose violence when you're driving. Be a good, safe driver, okay? That's very important. So that is all I'm going to leave you guys with tonight. And I want to say thank you if you're still listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, thank you for your patience. And I just want to give a tremendous shout out to our railway workers, our semi-truck drivers, our teachers, our doctors, our nurses that are working with the best of intentions and are keeping themselves and everyone around them safe. Um, on a separate episode, I might dedicate things to a little bit more of a political stance and discussion. Or I might make a second podcast altogether. I don't know yet. Um, I really like talking into the void about my car and nothing else. But also at the same time, I my head is going a million different directions. And I want to be able to stretch my wings in that aspect. But for now, tonight, headlights. Don't buy too bright a headlights. 7600 lumens is not exactly necessary. I mean, they are very cool looking. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. And there are times where I want to be petty and wish I had brighter headlights to blind people. Like I said, but remember, always choose to be a safe driver and a smart driver, okay? Because I want y'all getting home safely, happy, healthy, and whole every single night. So wear your seatbelt. Check your oil. Change your oil, rotate your tires when you change your oil, wash your hands, wear a mask if necessary, and I will talk to you guys on the next episode. I love you.